Hello, and welcome to episode 201 of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Today's episode, Ideal Work Environments. Let me throw down some introductions. We got Nate Birch in the studio, SEO manager at MapR Technologies. That's me. Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Campus. Heidi ho And Paxton Gray, director of marketing operations at 97 Floor. How's it going? And I am Jacob Perry, Digital Marketing Manager at Myriad Genetics. Okay, so let me kick this off and give you a little bit of an introduction. There are so many different types of work environments, and we want to kind of break down the ideal work life, or uh, excuse me, work environment specifically for digital marketers. I'm sure a lot of this can be applied in any industry, but since we have our experience within digital marketing and we have all kind of experienced different types of work environments, We'll stick with that. So as a quick kind of overview of some subtopics that we can talk about within this category, there's open office, open offices versus cubicles versus offices versus home, etc. And Nate, you, I know, are very passionate about work environments and have had some experiences that have been some maybe not deal breakers specific to that workplace but you have had experiences where the work environment has affected and kind of held you back within that work environment. Why don't you kind of introduce your version of what this topic looks like and how you'd like it to go? You bet. So as you mentioned, there's a lot of different type of work environments that anybody can have. You can, you can be at home working either remotely or your own business. You can be in your own office for a business you've created, or you can be a, a higher up manager that you do have your own office. It could be that you're in a cubicle area where I have a two-foot cubicle or I have a, a full floor-to-ceiling cubicle, the dividers, rather. Or you can have a completely open office where everyone can see what everyone is doing. And I wanted to, to start this discussion based off of a, uh, a TED Talk that I've recently watched. It's, uh, it's Jason, Jason Fried or Fried. Honestly, don't know the pronunciation of his name. But the gist of it is what happens or rather what work doesn't happen at work. And his core argument was that that there's something called M&Ms, that is meetings and managers, and those become very big distractors for actual productivity. And the way that he he argued this point was by asking a lot of different people, okay, when, when you want to get real work done, where do you go? And the answer was never, I go to work. I don't go to work. I don't go to the normal environment that I have. The office. The office. Specifically is what exactly. It exactly. And the biggest reason behind that was the M&Ms. It's managers and meetings because they're very big distractors. And I, I want to add a couple of those in myself. For me, I'm very distracted by, for example, music. Music in the background. I don't have control of it. I don't like it. It distracts me. It distracts my work. Second, even coworkers that distract me. I, I was in an open office environment, and I want to say that I never had, I never had more than maybe a half hour to an hour of uninterrupted work. This might not be a distractor for everybody, but if you can really honestly answer yourself the question, how much uninterrupted time have you had in your current work environment? And when you really want to get work done, you need more than an hour. You need more than a half hour of uninterrupted time to be able to get that work done. And I've seen a bunch of office hacks where it's, okay, I'm setting up a time within, we're going to have silent half Thursdays or 
just put your headphones on. Guess what? I can't hold headphones on my head for eight hours. I'm sorry. Or, okay. Is it because of your neck muscles? No. Oh. Just uncomfortable. And I have decent microphone or headphones. So I want to I want to interrupt real quick because I, I kind of want to break this down in series. So we, you kind of brought up open office space. Can we just spend a few minutes talking specifically about open office space environments? So all of us have been in open office environments. Can you, Nate, kind of give me an idea exactly specific to that environment, uh, the pros and cons in your mind? Sure. So first I'll start with the pros. It absolutely encourages the use of the, the collaborative work experience or the collaborative work environment. The problem with that is not everyone's working on the same project at the same time, doing the same tasks at the same time. So where I have 15 minutes at least of ramp up or ramp down time, when I get distracted, I, I lose 30 minutes of my, my productive work time. And in that same type of environment, for example, everyone has a cell phone nowadays. You realize how noisy those stupid vibrating ringers are and when i can hear them across i don't know a ten thousand square foot office you realize how often every single day people get texts and phone calls and i hear every single one of those no how often (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) i love (laughs) i love this keep going no do you you guys not have the same experience no i agree constantly interrupted by coworkers when they're right next to you just with oh it's a simple question this will take five minutes yeah thanks for wasting a half hour so i think that there's a spectrum for sure if somebody literally comes up and pulls you out of your frame of mind and and you're talking about that ramping up and managers down, that, that's fine yeah, managers coworkers, uh, subordinate it doesn't matter anyone who comes and interrupts uh, i i get that and that is definitely a problem that, that should be addressed but when i talk about a spectrum that's like at one extreme but talking about a, a cell phone vibrating, I think that there are things that we can do to train ourselves to ignore certain things, like a phone vibrating from across the room. That won't affect me like it sounds like it affects it, you. And I, I agree with that. But saying you train out of it is like saying someone that stutters can be trained out of stuttering easily. It's not going to happen. is absolutely untrue. Why? Because I think that they're two, they're two different things. It's, it's too hard. One of them is... Uh, No, it's a a sensory. It's a sensory issue. What is? Both of them. Stuttering has to do with how your feedback in your ear feeds back into your brain. It's a sensory issue. Just like hearing things and seeing things are complete sensory. Do you think that stuttering is a disability? In what way? In the way that someone's disabled if they have it? It's a communicating disadvantage. (laughs) Absolutely. A disability? No. There are very, very intelligent people I know that stutter. I will not say that it degrades someone's ability. Well, to I don't think I don't think disability has anything to do with intellect. I mean, you talk about <laughs> Stephen Hawking's. Is he disabled? So, <laughs> are you disabled in the sense that you can't speak as well when you stutter? Yeah, you okay. don't speak as clearly. Okay, That's... so so let's get back to your original argument. You're saying that can somebody get trained out of stuttering? I think they can get trained to minimize it and to deal with it you've seen the king's speech no i haven't very good movie very very good well it's a good movie so you expect that everyone's seen it yes (laughs) he gets he gets trained out of it not completely is it a confidence thing what is it he gets trained to deal with it he never completely gets rid of it oh man we are going down a rabbit hole here okay honestly like nate nate like i my my knee-jerk reaction here well first of all let me say i'm sure that there are a lot of people that will side with you on this. I'm sure there are lots of people just like you that feel the same way. My knee-jerk reaction is, 
This is sounds like a Nate problem and not an environment problem. I think it's so because like, other people don't express it to you because people are distracted by open offices. No, I'm just going off of my own experience. So for you personally, it doesn't. But you're then right. extrapolating that to everyone else you work with. No, which I'm isn't not. True. No, I'm not extrapolating that. What I'm saying is I'm sure there's lots of people that will agree with you. My knee-jerk reaction is I think that this is something you should need to fix and not something that the environment and needs I disagree. to I disagree. I disagree because, for example— one of the main, one of, I won't say the main, a large reason that I left that environment was because I could not function with that type of work environment. I now have a, I, I telecommute, I have my home office, and it is amazing. I have almost all day of uninterrupted work, and I, I can produce a lot of good results. And it's amazing. It's amazing the difference. I'd, I'd actually be interested in seeing that. We don't work together anymore, but back when we were in an open office space, I remember you generating very good work so it's hard for me to imagine that being uh um how you're describing not because it's unbelievable but because i was so impressed and amazed oh right 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 butter it up (laughs) okay so we talked a little bit about the a very little bit about the pros mostly about the cons brandon you were about to say something as it pertains to open office environments well yeah well i mean first off i think this is I couldn't think of a better group to talk to about this just because currently, if I'm correct, Nathan is purely work at home right now. Jacob is the opposite, purely in office. Uh, hey, I, wait, what's the setup at the office so we know? Is it yeah. like cubicle style? I am in a cubicle with high walls. Okay. Cubicle okay. high so walls. So you can't see each other. Okay. Unless I stand up. Okay. I work at home most of the time now. I'm in an office once or twice a week. And then Paxton, I know, is on a results-only work environment, so he can kind of pick and choose. But he is in an office. But he, he is in an office. office that is a very open, transparent layout. So no, he's in an office. office with a door. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He's moved on up. So now he's in. A, he's closed off. But he does have glass, so you can see what he's doing. Yes. <laughs> I spend probably uh, 80%, uh, maybe 70% of my working hours in my office and then the rest at home. Well, let me quick deviate then, because I think this is interesting just from your personal. You have gone from working out among the crew. Uh, you you right work next... out with your crew? Yeah, my, my crew and I hit the workout, uh, pump iron. <laughs> You're out there shoulder to shoulder working with everyone. Now you are in an office by yourself. Have you noticed a difference in the way you work? Do you get more done in a certain environment? Uh, it's uh, As far as the amount that I get done, I I. I it's hard to say. I, I probably say I get the same amount done. I enjoyed working out with everyone more than I do uh, being sequestered. But you guys have pretty strict rules as far as interruption and things yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, we actually used to. We used to have a rule uh, that was basically called no drive-bys. And this comes from the results in the work environment training. But the idea is you're not allowed to go and talk to somebody if you see them in the office. The only way that you can communicate with people is through email and you can set up meetings if you want to communicate one-on-one, but they have the option to ignore your email until they feel like they're ready to address it. We used to have that, but by consensus, we've kind of gotten rid of that. That's good because that is lame. <laughs> and it's kind of as at request of the people at Nice Floor, so we don't really follow that. So tell me why you went away from it. Wait, why we used to have that rule and went away from it? Yeah. Well, at request of the employees, um, people... I mean, they must have given you a reason. They didn't just say, hey, can we do this? I mean... Yeah. So the consensus was that people, most people, don't mind it when people come up to their desk and ask questions. Personally, I kind of enjoy it. Like, uh, you know, they're not coming up to my question every, 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 my desk every half hour. 
so were that the case, I'm sure I'd be much more annoyed, but uh, I don't mind it when they come in every couple hours and kind of uh, change up my workflow. Uh, and I don't mind, you know, communicating with people and helping them solve their problems. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, except uh, instead of walking up to somebody, I prefer an open office because I can throw crap at them. <laughs> so you're the part of the problem. I'm part of your problem. <laughs> Having been the recipient of stuff thrown at me, uh, I can confirm that that's true. Well, that was one that of I'm my the problem. You mentioned uh, people coming up and asking questions. That when I was in the agency setting at Nice Floor, that was probably one of my biggest uh, issues with focusing. Was because my uh, team was so close to me, I was so accessible. Not that I'm against the open environment. This was just one of the cons in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Any like, if you have a question, you'll just ask. There's no filter. Versus even that act of getting up, I've got to go up go over to Paxton's office, kind of wave at him, knock, can I go in? I rethink, do I really need to ask this? Versus if Paxton was right next to me, it's easy to be like, hey, Paxton, uh, what do we do about this again? Like, even though I have the answer one click or two clicks away, yeah. I noticed that was a trend both with me and my superiors and with... Thus, less uninterrupted But time. to be honest, yeah. uh, so now I am off in my own office and um, I view my position and at the time, you know, your position, I... I view that your main responsibility is to be answering those questions and to educate and help your employees improve. So that's really the main responsibility. So when they're interrupting you, they're basically, that's the high priority task anyway. So that should be interrupting whatever it is you were doing. Now that I'm in an office, you're right. Like people think twice about coming to ask me, but I find that more frustrating for me now. They'll go off and rather than asking me, they'll kind of do something that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, or I would go about it a different way. And I just think, like, why didn't you come ask me? And they say, well, you you know, you're in your office and I didn't want to interrupt. Well, I think I wish you had interrupted me so that we could have talked about this before, you know. Any ago. work was actually done. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about interruptions and some etiquette. So I am in a place where there are a lot of interrupters, right? And it's it's the attitude I feel when someone interrupts me is that whatever they're working on is more important than what I'm working on, which I think is a common, mm-hmm. a common complaint or concern that people have. But what are some solutions? Okay, let's, let's talk about some solutions. One, you can create policy like you have before, and, and you can experiment with that and see you know, whether or not that works. You can quit and go work from home with another company. Uh, what, what are some other solutions? So me personally, something that I've done is I created a, a sheet of paper from, I didn't create the paper, I took a piece of printer paper, and in big words I say, do not disturb, or something like that, and I throw it up on on, uh, on my table near where people have to kind of go go by in order to, to get my attention. The problem with cubicles, though, is that there are some people who are tall enough to look over and they don't walk <laughs> past my sign. <laughs> And uh, anyway, so what are some other solutions as far as dealing with those distractions? Not necessarily just interruptions, but like the phone, right? We talked about Nate and his disability as it it, uh, pertains to not being able to tune out, you know, vibrating. I just have attention to detail and keep my senses open. So to answer this question, one thing I like that Dave Ramsey, the financial... Uh, guru on the radio. One thing that he does in his office is he has a giant TV screen, I should say, that's in his office and it has nothing but his calendar on there and it shows his entire day and, and essentially how busy he is. So every single person that walks in there and they start sitting down and chatting, they 
look over, oh, wow, you got a lot to do. Yeah, actually, uh, in five minutes, I'm meeting with this person. So are we done? And it really just it, it trains people to uh, uh, to fix that problem. And, and and one thing he advocates, actually, is just to look busy. And I and I, I noticed that trend because I've had my share where I'm the guy that's interrupting people uh, going up and, hey, do you want to go to lunch? Do you want to do this? Uh, oh, I got this funny story. Or I can't believe what this client just said. And, and they want to talk about it. The people that had their headphones on, they were just clicking away, even though they were probably just on Facebook listening to Spotify, uh, they looked busy. And so just you immediately say, ah, he looks busy. This guy over here, though, is just staring off into space. He looks like he could use a good story. That's kind of inside the mind of a time waster because I've been there, done that. And I think the best thing to do is honestly just train the team. There's policies, which, you know, 90 Cent Floor just, or Paxton from 90 Cent Floor just mentioned one that they tried, ended up uh, Xing. Policies are tough just because it almost creates, I don't know, just a bad work environment. People hate rules. It's like versus, a weird, weird formality. Yeah, it's a weird, and yeah. it just, it's a weird feeling. It's not as fun versus if you just have a sit down, like, okay, you have to, you have to be a good manager, a good employee and just be honest and open. Like, Hey dude, sorry, I don't have time. Next time you come, could you come with a solution or uh, could you, you know, like if, if I think it's just simple training, like you're going to yeah, have those times. It just comes down to training your team, training even your boss sometimes. Only interrupt me with this. We don't have to create a rule about it. We don't need to like put it in the handbook. Just have common sense. And if you can't do that, you're probably not going to have a job here in a month. Yeah, that's honestly what has been best for me is when I have moments where I cannot be interrupted, I will just stop them and say, hey, that's awesome. I'd love to help you. Would you mind sending me an email? And then like, yeah, no problem. Then they go to their desk, they send an email, and I go right back to what I was working on. I don't even have to process whatever it is they were telling me. I just ask them to send me an email, then I can delay that until a time when I feel more comfortable handling it. So I think that's great, and I uh, and it sounds like it works for you. But m- listening to Nate and his experiences, even that is sure. a con. Am I right, Nate? I mean, that one simple little interruption where you stop what you're doing. You have, and it's proven, you have a ramp up and a ramp down time when you're actually in depth into an idea. And for example, if you're if you're whiteboarding something. The, the reason for the whiteboarding is to be able to take your idea and expand it. You mentally get into a process where you're diving deep down into an idea, and any interruption, you have to start that process from the very beginning. So where's, where's, like where's the ramp right down in. that you're talking about? If someone interrupts, it sounds like it's an instant ramp down. And well, your mindset has to go now away from what you were before to whatever problem they came up with, even if it's to tell them to come back later. Your mindset is now getting them back to what they were doing, getting me back to this. You have still lost productivity by doing that. So do you have a specific solution for those people who can't necessarily handle that interrupting, uh, interruption? Because I think, you know, Paxton, he doesn't seem to mind, which either, well, that, either he doesn't mind the ramp up or the ramp down, or he has the ability to kind of juggle those without too much of a setback. To each their own, is that? Yeah, honestly, that it really gets down to uh, the style of the employee. And I will also point out, it, it comes to the management style. Because you have some managers, for example, where Paxson sees his purpose as answering those questions to the people that, that work for him. Other managers see their purpose as understanding what all the other employees are doing. And they're the ones that are that are creating these needless meetings or creating the needless distractions. And so... It depends on who your manager is, what type of uh, style they have, and it also really determ- it depends on how your process goes. Okay, I'm going to stop us right now. I think 
we need to uh, take a moment to one, introduce season two, which we didn't do at the beginning. And two, we want to introduce a couple of new segments that we want to include within season two. I'm going to hand it over to Paxton so that he can kind of explain the upgrades we're making with season two and why we even have a season two to begin with. Yeah. So it may seem kind of funny that we're doing seasons within a podcast, but that's for a very particular reason. You know, as we've been doing this for the past, uh, I think we're running on six months now, you know, we come up with ideas, uh, things that we'd like to change about the show. And some of them are pretty significant when it comes to format and things that we want to change. However, instead of just implementing those changes as we go, we kind of save them up. And uh, once we've recorded about 20, 25 episodes, that's when we decide to start a new season. And so what we do is when we start a new season, we implement all of those changes and ideas that we've come up with. So some of those changes that we're going to be implementing involve new segments where we will do things like share our favorite marketing tool that week or our favorite marketer that we've run across that week, in addition to some other segments. So there's that. Uh, there's some other changes we're going to be playing around with the length of the podcast, kind of favoring longer episodes in the future. And then we're also going to be doing something pretty cool where we, we will be releasing an episode between our main episodes. So the format will essentially be, you know, Jacob, myself, Brandon, and Nate, each of us has our own episode each month. And that episode will be whatever we want it to be. And Nate basically will just have his own podcast where every every one of his episodes are being released each month. And then that will essentially double the cadence of the podcast that will be, that will be released. Those episodes are, are many episodes. What are we calling those again? Those are going to be called the Below the Fold Half Show. Right. So quick note or caveat to that, none of us have any oversight over what the other is producing. So it could be that Nate builds something that's super awesome and what I build just really stinks, but that's only on me. It's not that the other team is overseeing what I'm doing. Um, So it should be pretty interesting and and, uh, hopefully we have some creative ideas coming down the pipeline for you guys. Okay, great. So having said that, I think that's a perfect explanation and sum up of, of basically what we're doing for season two. This episode is going to be probably a little bit more like season one episodes, but uh, from here on out, we're going to be kind of changing things up a little bit. But to start with our first segment, we're going to do the digital marketer of the week. And this week, Brandon is going to highlight a specific digital marketer. Tell us who it is, Brandon. The marketer I would like to highlight this week is Vincent Dignan, uh, D-I-G-N-A-N. He is the founder of Magnific. And I actually found him not through the typical channels that I am on personally, you know, kind of the uh, Moz, Inbound.org, you know, uh, Third Door Media properties like Marketing Land. I found him through a friend actually told me about him. He spoke at the most recent South by Southwest, and he specializes in growth hacking specifically for startups. Um, I have not found anyone that is better than growth hacking uh, then some of the stuff, you know, reading through his case studies, his presentation from South by Southwest is amazing. If you are interested, I can send you the full deck. Uh, email me at brandon at marketcampus.com and I'll send that over to you. It's it's full of awesome tools. He get, He gets right to the point. A lot of uh, influential marketers are all full of fluff and will just tell you kind of what you want to hear. Uh, this guy actually uh, gets right down to the good stuff and tells you exactly the tools and the strategies he's using to uh, essentially growth hack new startups. So, yeah, this one, uh, this week, definitely Vincent doing some amazing stuff. Highly recommend you guys check him out. 
Awesome. Congratulations, Vincent, for being our first Digital Marketer of the Week on Season 2. Okay, so normally we would do something like that at the very beginning, and then we'd kind of get into the conversation. But since we did at the very end, we're just going to enter our last word segment. We'll go around the the table, 60 seconds of uninterrupted whatever. And we'll start with Paxton. So uh, I'm going to go back to what I said before. You know, my... my uh, knee jerk reaction is just that, you know, it sounds like you have some things that you got to deal with Nate and that, you know, it sounds like you have dealt with those things. It sounds kind of unreasonable that we would, you know, a, a company would have to create an environment in which it's perfectly silent. No cell phones are ever allowed and every employee has walls surrounding them so that no one can ever talk to each other. And it sounds like you're not expecting that. And what you are expecting is to have that environment. So you had to create it yourself. So I think that's a, a, a good response to that because otherwise it's kind of unrealistic to expect that of an, a company that has uh, an open office environment. Nate? Um, yeah. Sure. So number one, no packs. So I don't want a jail cell as you explained it, but I will say that uh, depending on, I kind of, I just explained a room. Well, what part anyway. of uninterrupted don't you all understand? Right, all right, go ahead. So I will say that uh, the current work situation I have is amazing. I do find more, much more productivity and I find that when we need to collaborate, we do. And it's, it's actually been a great team environment. As funny as it sounds, working from home, I can build a team, but it actually really does work. And I will say that some people enjoy the, the open office environment. But I can say that the trend to have more open office environment is not necessarily a healthy trend. Man, I feel like there was still a lot that we should have talked about and... Uh... It's just too bad that uh, we won't have a little more time to talk about this. Maybe we'll do a part two at, at some point. But what I'd like to say is, who cares? You know, I mean, if you've got a job and you're not happy with it, then find something else. If uh, if it's really that big of a deal, then complain about it. You know, change it. But don't don't go. One of the worst things in an often office environment is being being surrounded by people who just complain about the work environment. You know, so. Be the change you're looking for in, in in the workplace. Sorry, that was kind of cheesy. Go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> so I uh, I get where Nathan is coming from. I don't think that he's advocating that uh, companies create all these policies, no phones, no anything. But I do get how every single person is different. They have their own perfect work environment. I don't I don't think there is a work environment that's perfect for everybody. Uh, but back to the TED talk that he brought up originally from Jason Freed, I believe, F-R-I-E-D, look it up. One of the big points that he brought up is that we're often uh, critical of work from home because we think, oh, they're, my employees are going to get distracted by their kid, the TV. He points out, and, and I'll let you watch the TED Talk because it elaborates a lot more, but you're actually, you face way more distractions at work. And one of the, personally, and maybe you guys agree, one of the biggest distractions that I have realized I've been dealing with all these years and I learned this from reading Four Hour Work Week from Tim Ferriss is email. Email is easily in my life the biggest distraction. Most people usually have email up uh, as they are. I'm looking at Paxton's screen here. He's got some email up, but it's interesting how it's it's very tough for us to get rid of email. And it's just as soon as we see that little one go up or the two or, or a new notification, we're we're like a moth to the flame. We just we go right to it. We sidetrack everything. 
So a lot of it just has to come down with self-discipline music. For me, uh, I'm very picky on the type of music being played for the type of work I'm doing. It's really interesting, and whether it's headphones or whether it's uh, just uh, music in the environment. So yeah, it's interesting. And uh, for me personally, working from home has been awesome. I'm not distracted as much. I'm the type that likes working from home. I think most of our communication can be done via email, Slack, video conferencing, um, but, uh, yeah, interesting discussion. We can definitely talk a lot more about this in the future. I'm sure we'll have a, a part two follow up to this. All right, guys. Thank you so much. It's been really a good time starting off this season two with you. Now, listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, which we highly encourage, you can reach out at inbound at below the You can use that email to submit questions, submit topic ideas. Let us know what segments you like, what segments you dislike. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, leave us a rating. Um, let us know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. Uh, we would really appreciate that. 